welcome back, Big Fact Freaks and No Cap Chaps, to another episode of Big Facts No Cap, the only podcast that's number one with people who are fans of the Joker, people who are smokers, and people who are midnight tokers. I'm Adrian, here always with my buddy Paul. Let's get Big Factin', let's get No Cappin'. Big Facts. No. Cap. Big Facts. No. Cap. No Cap. Big Facts. No. Cap. Big Facts. No. Cap. No Cap. Do you think that police officers in Pokemon were uh, <laughs> were perpetrators <laughs> of uh, police brutality and violence uh, of the domestic? They had a state? dog made out of fire. You know how <laughs> how pissed off we'd be if they had if our police were militarized enough to have dogs made out of fire. I think I think people would be in the streets even more. In the court case, just being like, I thought I told Growlithe to use tackle, not flamethrower, okay? That was a, <laughs> it was the heat of the moment. I wasn't thinking clearly. <laughs> he had a bell sprout and he was coming right at me. <laughs> he had a magic carp and I think he wasn't afraid to use it. <laughs> now that's a bit. That's a, that's hey, a bit. college humor, hit us up. That's a skit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can, we can do a whole series of these like they did with, uh. Pete Holmes' uh, Batman character. We can do a whole like series and Mortal of Kombat Pokemon too, yeah. was real. Dude, it's weird because of my comedic interest how much I still get recommended on YouTube old Pete Holmes's videos from like seven years ago when he had a show. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a good show, honestly. Yeah. It's a, like, it's a real shame he had to like pivot to making that sort of bad HBO show because his late night show Shots was pretty fired. good. Yeah, yeah, sorry. No, I think we should just make this a rule of the podcast though, is Paul, um, anytime we go through a stage where you've said two things that we've mentioned two things that you hate just like really quickly comment something that you like to like even out the negativity yeah i already did i said i liked his uh late night show oh okay well that just yeah okay uh, you want me to say something else i like no that's good you're good you're off the hook i like it when you don't have a bad attitude adrian let's move on all right <laughs> <clears throat> did you did you get a chance to watch her uh listen to anything good for media roundup i i know there's been a song you've been uh playing on repeat for a while this week shell-shocked <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was it's very of its time and there's something about juicy j and wiz khalifa being on a track together that's like a summer banger for a movie that like really takes me to a a, a simpler place <laughs> and uh i'm not gonna lie <laughs> i kind of love it I think, oddly enough, like, that same combo was on uh, Suicide Squad. I mean, I think it's kind of like Grand Theft Auto music, where it doesn't matter that the, like, it's all, like, kind of made in a sense of, like, silliness. Some of the songs are very good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're not very good, but they do slap. <laughs> oh, there's, uh, some, there's some legitimate Grand Theft Auto songs that are just great songs. For GTA, yeah, I think, but... Because, yeah, I mean, the one that I used to play on the PSP um, had uh, Still Dre on it, and I, I fucking love that beat. Oh, th this is, like, in the recent years, they've had people make songs for GTA. Oh, that's crazy. Like, they've had, th yeah, 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 they had, like, Freddie Gibbs, they've had, like, Schoolboy songs. They're I was all, about like, to say, really I feel songs. like I could hear Freddie coming on, and I, uh, while you're driving a stolen car. <laughs> Crime <laughs> pays. Uh, finish that lyric, actually? What What's the next part of that? Uh, there's a sample that comes on after that. No, 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 no. What he says after Uh, For my media roundup, since I'll go ahead and spoil the theme of today's episode. We already sort of mentioned uh, Suicide Squad. We're doing gritty reboots. And this week, I've actually been watching uh, Battlestar Galactica, the gritty reboot of the 70s version, the 2004. Well, actually, I'm not sure what year it came out. Early 2000s version. Oh. I did not know that was a gritty reboot. Sort of, I guess. Like, I mean, the original was campy, whereas this right. one is that is kind of like... how that goes, right? That's kind of how Batman yeah. was. Um, yeah. Wait, so is, is Star Trek considered the same thing? I think Battlestar is a little grimier than Star Trek in tone. Okay, I like the sound of that. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that show holds up. It's still so freaking good. I think most people's uh, knowledge of Battlestar starts and ends with the fact that it's funny to reference from The Office. But 
honestly a better show than The Office. Oh, you know, uh, you know yeah, if you're comparing apples and oranges. Obviously, that was, you know, not going to hit me in the right way. But yeah, that's not what I expected you to say. I thought you were going to talk about oh. um, references to Klingon in different in different. No, no, because we're, uh, what what's his name? The like Battlestar autistic one. Beats and yeah, be- Bears beats Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, yeah, I see that shit every race. now and then. Yeah, Dwight, that's his name. Yeah, um, big fans of The Office on this podcast. Which I mean, I I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Don't reference a better piece of media in your media. Paul wants that smoke. <laughs> I do want that smoke. Come at me, Ben Novak. Wait, 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 wait. wait. So every movie that exists has to exist in a universe where the Godfather doesn't exist. No, but don't talk about the Godfather and your shitty mafia movie. Mm, okay, okay. Don't reference a better piece of media I would rather be watching. You're saying it's not a good example of show don't tell to have your mafia indie film start with you guys being like, wow, we're mafia members, like in The Godfather. <laughs> Coming out hard with the big facts straight out the gate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Paul, we should get into film noir. <laughs> should we? I feel like we should. To quote Phil, not enough, not a lot of people are into it. We should get into it. <laughs> to quote Phil in a in a quote that he vehemently denies that he ever said. <laughs> uh, but it's kind of like, uh, actually, speaking of uh, sitcom tropes, as we were earlier, do you know the sitcom trope of um, like two people are recounting an event and so they each give their version of the event and then some third person comes in and gives like the actual like accounting of what happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, I, I think the one that comes to mind immediately is that 70s show has an episode like that. Like, the what Eric thinks happened, what Donna mm-hmm. thinks happened, what really happened. Ashton Kutcher comes in to deliver the real news. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, I, the one that I'm thinking of happens on That So Raven. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of how Phil and I, I think that's kind of how we are, is, like, neither of us have um, reliable narrator status. So I think there probably should have been some third fly on the wall that could have settled a lot of our disputes but unfortunately there was not only god knows yeah yeah i understand what you're saying i mean i don't really have that with anyone because my version of events is usually always the correct. correct one yeah, yeah. yeah the unbiased one <laughs> i am the fly on the wall third party observer that's the hardest rap lyric paul's ever spit <laughs> <laughs> oh so okay we already we already brought it up uh gritty reboots mm-hmm yeah, not not a topic with a lot to discuss. How do you feel? What, what What's your favorite gritty reboot, Adrian? That's a good question because it's so hard to... Or is there uh, is there something from childhood you would like to see rebooted in a darker, more mature tone? That's a good question. I would love to see an Avatar The Last Airbender where Aang kills some people, which I know is <laughs> antithetical to his whole character arc, but <laughs> maybe one where Korra is allowed to like really like just body some folks, I think would be cool. How about, did you consider the live-action Dora movie a sort of gritty reboot? It's it's semi-gritty, I guess. I mean, it's still pretty pretty tame. It's still pretty tame, yeah. I mean, it's kind of like that with all the Disney live-action. I mean, I, they're doing that. Um, right, because they're doing Cruella the DeVille. The DeVille movie. And that yeah, is very yeah. much like a standard, actually like a standout example of a gritty reboot that's still going to be incredibly tame. So I guess, yeah, you could you could consider Dora one. So if in in that case, I think that's Dorley's favorite. My favorite gritty reboot is uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas live action. Oh, that actually, I was gonna say the first Batman that uh, what's his name directed, but that's a good one, like the Christopher Nolan. Bat- yeah, the Nolan Batman. So from what I in my gritty reboot research, that is considered kind of the turning point in gritty reboots as like being a concept that's spoken about in a very precise way. Is that Batman movie? Yeah, but now now that you mention it, I think I might just have to edit my opinion. I think I might just agree with you. It's mm. the live action Grinch. It's probably a better movie. Oh yeah, absolutely. But you know, there are extra parameters okay. when you're talking about gritty reboots. You know, is there anything that you think a lot of people would consider a gritty reboot? I, I don't think I have one of these, so maybe it's not an interesting question. I'm not sure what the question was. I was ignoring you because I was thinking about the other thing that I would really like to see from Cora is some really graphic sex scenes. They're teenagers. You disgust me, Adrian. All I'm saying is she goes through Mako, she goes through Bolin, and then she gets to Asami. <laughs> I mean, those are some good scenes. Bring, bring, bring. Yeah, Kamala, we got him. He's right here. So what you don't realize is that, yes, in the anime, they're teenagers, but in the original manga, they're actually written to be <laughs> thousand-year-old dragons. Bitch, please! R.I.P. R.I.P. I think we've said our piece on Gritty Reboots. I don't, I don't think there's anything more to say.
we'll get straight to the articles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Paul, yours is more succinct. Do you want to go first? Sure, sure, sure. Even though I think when I sent it to you, you had some critiques. Um, no, I didn't have any critique. Well, my critique was, um, and this is like, you know, an eye for an eye, which I've heard everyone thinks is a good way to go about things. Uh, you coming after <laughs> me in one episode about whether or not my article fit our arbitrary theme. I don't know if this one really fits the theme, but I do like it a lot. And that's, that's okay. all I have to say. Okay, so I'm actually bringing in an article from a comedian. And, you know, when I sent you this article, I said I wouldn't want to make fun of her, even though her comedy is bad, because she seems like she's not like super big time or anything. And you said, don't worry, it's still punching up, which I think has really changed my thinking on this issue. Yeah, yeah. No matter how small of a comedian she is, she's way more popular than us. So So wait, we're going uh, after her now? So I'm going after her. One of the least funny comedians I've ever heard just no quality and i know this has been one of our weaker episodes of an already pretty weak backlog of episodes but if you don't like us definitely don't check her out if you do think we're funny also definitely don't check her out so that's like a good way to gauge whether or not you should go listen to Lindsay glazer i'm bringing in the alpha bitch by Lindsay glazer and the reason i feel like this column makes sense for for a gritty reboot column is i was basically there's a lot of advice columns that you know you need a brand, you need an angle. And Alpha Bitch's brand and angle, she's not like your mom's advice column. Like, she's going to tell you how it really is. So I'm going to read the description. It's like, it's a gritty reboot of the advice column. It's like, this is an advice column of you weren't. She's the not your grandfather's root beer of advice columnists. Exactly. Her brand is like, I ain't no pussy shit. I'll tell you real stuff. So ask Alpha Bitch. Need some no-nonsense advice from someone who doesn't care about your feelings? Not afraid to hear it straight up from the alpha bitch who doesn't hold back? You're in luck. I'm taking questions. It's an alpha bitch advice column of sorts, but I'm no dear Abby. Be prepared for a reality check and some tough love. I won't beat around the bush, but I will be honest with you and tell you what I think you need to hear. Just toughen up. You can take it. The alpha bitch only has your best interest at heart. Oh, and by the way, there are definitely such things as stupid questions. I'll be waiting. Uh, love the tough love angle. I'm surprised it doesn't come like free. Every answer comes with a punch sent straight to your face. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bitch. Um, Do you see why now I consider this a gritty, a gritty reboot to your bitch-ass ha- advice columns? As a comedian, how sincere do you think that description is? Uh, I don't know. It's like, kind is of this not tell. like one of those things where like if you or I did that description as like a joke of like Paul's a soft boy and he's going to give you soft boy <laughs> advice? Or do you, do you really think that she has like a uh, I'm like a badass bitch and I'm going to kick my way through the patriarchy and your questions? You know, I think she's hamming it up for the character, but I think that is her brand. Mm. All right, well, let's get into it. Let's get straight into it, Paul. Let's, as we always yeah, do, yeah, yeah. as concise as we always are, let's get straight into it. So I'm going to go ahead and say this one does isn't dated, but only two of these ever came out. These uh, Ask an Alpha Bitch. So we're doing one of the two, and it's titled Wine Hating on Weed. Dear Alpha Bitch, I was recently asked to leave a baby shower, and I'm trying to make... Why am I reading it with a gritty voice? I guess because it's a gritty reboot episode. Okay, I'm going to Yeah, but she's that. gritty, not the question I have. Not the question asker. Fair enough. Dear Alpha Bitch, I was recently asked to leave a baby shower and I'm trying to make sense of it. About a week ago, my friend Mary- If anything, my sense of the question is that it's asked by a like old Chinese woman. <laughs> <laughs> Not today, Adrian, but good try. <laughs> a mother- My friend Mary, a mother of three boys and one girl, was hosting a baby shower at her house for her younger sister. It was on a Sunday, so most everyone except the guest of honor was drinking white wine. I stopped drinking about six months ago due to a kidney emergency, but since then I've started discreetly smoking marijuana when I'm around alcohol in social situations. We live in a decriminalized state. I smoked about half a joint in my car before the baby shower, and I guess I smelled like it. When Mary asked me if I'd been smoking weed, I told her I had. She started lecturing me in front of her family about how... She started lecturing me in front of her family about how irresponsible it was for a woman my age. I'm one year younger than her. She was visibly drunk on mimosas, in my opinion, took it too far. The absurdity of a drunk woman lecturing a stoned woman seemed to make everyone uncomfortable except her. 
I tried to call her out on her hypocrisy, but it seemed to fall on deaf ears. Just wondering what your thoughts are when it comes to moms who drink wine and moms who smoke pot. Rochelle from Colorado Springs. Two things out the gate. You ready for this? Yeah. One, Colorado Springs sucks. It's like the big conservative stronghold of Colorado besides all the like rural areas. That's where I launched um that's where I launched one of the largest model rockets uh ever launched at the time the largest model rocket ever launched. Ladies, Paul's number is in the <laughs> description. Um <laughs> But second of all, I hope this gets kept in the final cut even though we're going to start from right here. But our discussion earlier about trying to figure out whose depiction of reality is the most accurate having a drunk woman and a high woman discuss what actually happened in an event and like her perception yeah, yeah, yeah. i could see this being a good sitcom episode where like they go through like the tropes of what people act like when they're drunk and pe- how people perceive things when they're high and drunk and how that affected the situation that being said i'm gonna take her at her word that's how I'm going to take this. No, question. but I, I do like because what you're describing is like the way she's described the situation is how a high person would see it because she would be like, everybody was uncomfortable and on my side. Like it would be very conspiracy minded. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whereas like the drunk woman writing this, her thing would be and that everybody was angry at that trashy bitch for being so high and everybody was on my side cheering. She's, yeah, exactly. Like, She's just like super overly confident. She was like, and everybody gave me their keys and said, drive me home after this because you're fucking <laughs> awesome. <laughs> you're not too drunk at all. <laughs> Um, I'm gonna take her at her word, more or less, and um, I'm gonna say that shit's whack. You know, Adrian, I'm gonna have to say I agree with you on this one. I, I you know, it's uh, how obvious is it that that's gonna be our opinion? Obviously, she's being <laughs> insane. Yeah, this just, you know, it's it's sad that you don't have a date on this one because this feels incredibly dated, and in, in a way that's like in Colorado Springs where they're already like three years behind. It could literally be like a few years back and I could be like, yeah, I, I can see why. And, and they're older, too. So you have to factor that in, too. But like the big Gen Z thing now is like it's probably more common to have the opinion of like alcohol is the drug that should be more illegal, not weed. Uh, to me, seems like that's that has shifted over time. So this is just like a very like of its time and place type thing. And you shouldn't feel bad about it. But like the fact that. I mean, I think I've said this before on pod. I'm a very anxious person. If someone like tried to chew me out like that in public, that would ruin my entire month. And I would think about it every night before I go to bed for the next year. Yeah, it's it's odd. I, I, like, I would probably cut, you know, I, I've, I've been stated against cutting family out of your life. But a friend who does something like this, I'd probably not go to any more of their things. <laughs> that sounds horrible. Um, also you don't drink now and i feel like cutting alcohol out of your life is really hard for a lot of people so like if you need half a joint to make social situations fun now i don't know like seems like a pretty good trade-off and i don't, I don't agree um, with this whole mutual exclusive thing either like you, you should be getting crossfaded going into that thing you know what i mean well maybe she has a problem with alcohol so yeah no, she stopped drinking six emergency. months ago oh kidney emergency you got two of them things <laughs> well <laughs> If I know anything from having watched sitcoms, you have a long lost kid who you can get a kidney from (laughs) after showing up into their life oddly late, right before you need the kidney. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, so what's the actual issue? Is the smell or the fact that she's high? Like, what do you think she's going to do? A woman of your age. What was this person actually thinking was the consequence of them being there high? She's going to give the baby a contact high? I still don't really get the context of like how it was irresponsible for a woman her age is she saying she was too young to smoke weed like you need to be one year older my age to smoke no no, weed. no it was definitely like a year too old to do it a year too old to do it okay yeah um, then why does she yeah i guess okay well how, paul how do you feel about the whole end discussion from that last sentence about wine moms and how accepted that is versus a mom that likes to smoke weed i feel like that's something in culture that i've seen of like Oh, people, that's like every like, stoner saying like, oh, they're just popping Xanax, but they're the most judgmental dumb white bitches. Kind of exactly what I was about to say. Yeah, is that it's it's very much like a uh, really moms who smoke weed are the most oppressed people in the world because <laughs> you can be a wine mom and still be fun and pick your kids up from soccer practice. But if you have a, a smoke a toke, then you're uh, you're demonized. And it's like, anyways, that aside, there there is, you know, probably something to that. 
like I don't know, like right now I'm picturing a marble countertop with a woman who doesn't have a job because her husband is the sole breadwinner of the family who has nothing to do all day and mm-hmm. is kind of depressed and is just having a glass of wine at 12 p.m. saying it's 5 p.m. somewhere and then crushing up a little bit of Xanax. Screaming in the face of her friend that she's a no-good junkie for puffing on a, puffing on a joint. <laughs> so I wonder if Alpha Bitch is going to follow her uh, her branding and side with a bitch. <laughs> bitch solidarity. Paul, can we talk about... Okay, I, I get it. Stoners, I hear you. You should be able to be smoking pot as a parent and do that reasonably and be a good parent and not have anyone judge you for it. But... I think there's kind of an unspoken side of this of if you're a dad, you're only allowed to be a drunk dad. Stoner dads are equally demonized. Once again, society is just super unfair to men. All I'm saying, Paul, is whenever I take care of the kid, it's called babysitting. It's like, hey, I'm a parent too, guys. You know what I mean? It's just called parenting. Just because I'm high and drunk when I do it doesn't mean I'm (laughs) not parenting. (laughs) The detail of adding she was drunk on mimosas really, like, it plays into kind of, like, what you were saying about the perception of the story. Because it it is very much, like, telling us that it's mimosas is just a way to signal to us that she's, like, a white woman, you know what I mean? Like, that you're supposed to think she's, like, a basic, unlikable white woman. (laughs) It's a very brunchy, middle-of-the-day type of drunk to be, yeah. That that flourish kind of lets you know that she didn't just write it like deadpan. Like she could have just said she was visibly drunk, but she just said on my she was visibly like... drunk off of white Russians. I, I guess it is a little bit too much of a um gamble. I, maybe if you do it enough, it's not. But yeah, in terms of uh, it's decriminalized. But like in terms of like weed, wouldn't it just be way easier to just like he- eat half an edible 40, 45 minutes before you go to this wedding uh, or baby shower, drop your bean. And then go in. No smell. No issue. I mean, if you're mm. like me, there'll be an issue because you'll be violently high and you, you'll you be very anxious. But why, why not do it that way? That way there's no confrontation like this. And obviously the, the answer isn't uh, tell her how to like fix the situation for the future. But that is a way to fix it in the future. Also, don't be so obviously. I guess maybe if you're so high, people could tell you're high. You're too high. <laughs> like, what's well, the smell too though that's the issue she hotboxed okay. her car by herself yeah yeah so you're right but if she was acting high and that's what tipped them off because she just said i guess i smelled like it so maybe she was being like obnoxious like rummaging through their pantry like grabbing chips <laughs> <laughs> like smashing it into her mouth be like have you guys ever heard about this pink floyd album dark side of the moon it's really good y'all <laughs> <laughs> i also brought a dvd copy of the wizard of oz and it syncs up pretty well <laughs> She showed up in her marijuana vest, like there was marijuana leaves patterned on her vest and socks, and she had a she had a flat brim hat with a pot leaf on it. And she was like, "I I, I guess they must have smelled the weed on me." <laughs> <laughs> like they just kind of knew. So I'm gonna jump to the answer from uh from Alpha Bitch, dear Rochelle. First of all, you gonna pass out or what? Just kidding. Well, I'm not much for the puffable Percocet, as the kids say. I do spend a lot of time no in California. No kid says that. I don't think anybody said that. I don't think an adult Zero, said no that. No one said that. <laughs> out there, weed is one of the of out there. Weed is one of their absolute favorite things to talk about. Also, not yeah. true unless you're hanging around the wrong people. <laughs> I know a thing or two about weed. I've been to California. California, only two types of people over there. According to a clinical psychologist friend of mine. In the years before pot was decriminalized at a recreational level, there were nonstop campaign ads painting an apocalyptic dystopia wherein children became potheads before they ever had a chance. The irony of pot being a million percent less addictive than Ritalin was lost on them, I guess. A lot of parents were on their guard, not wanting pot anywhere near their kids. So I understand where Mary might have been coming from. One of the traits that makes someone a great parent can also make them a lousy friend. Being protective of your kids will trump manners, reason, and logic every time. You know, the kids thing never came up in the original question, but maybe that's a good point. Maybe the question asker left that out, that the main point was, hey, can you not be, like, smoking around my kids or whatever? Smoking around the kids? She was just smelled like it at a party with the kid. I think that's stupid. Yeah, you're right. It doesn't make sense to bring it in. It doesn't seem like it was a factor. Yeah. 
in my experience, marijuana and alcohol are about equal and that they're both great ways to relax in moderation, but an irresponsible amount of anything should be avoided. One thing I try to keep in mind about pot, though, is that it's had an extreme makeover in recent years, and there's still a lot the average suburban mom doesn't know about it. In cases like that, I think mothers like Mary err on the side of caution, sloshed on Pinot, though they may be. In your case, if pot is a safer alternative to booze, do what works best for you and don't let the squares get you down. Alpha bitch, out. That none of that felt like an alpha bitch answer. That I was about to say that much. is not a very that is this is not different than what Dear Abby would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. The, yeah, it's basically exactly what Dear Abby would say. Yeah, there, there. Is that the joke? Is that alpha bitch adds no actual aggression or kickassery to it? Well, maybe it's like us where we go into the podcast uh, planning to be funny and then just end up getting like riled up about giving our real opinions. <laughs> and maybe she goes into it thinking I'm gonna write such a like bitchy over the top answer, and then she's like, "But I kind of want to say my actual opinion." And her actual opinion's real boring. Yeah, it was. It, just it, like us. Not much to not much to comment on. All right, Paul, you ready for my column? I am ready for your column. All right, this is from February 2020. This was a quarantine special. Um, this was Ask Dr. Harley Quinn. And maybe I should have done the background research on this, but apparently Harley Quinn's a doctor. Yeah, yeah, because in a lot of the continuations, she's his... She's the Joker psychiatrist in uh, Gotham Asylum, and uh, and he, you know, turns her crazy. Um. Okay. Cool. Well, then, just really quick, not to get canceled. My disbelief was not in that a woman could be a doctor. It was in that I do not know any of the lore of <laughs> DC Comics. So I guess I should have looked it up. Did they make like a special like consideration for her to be a yeah. doctor? <laughs> um. Is this like how Air Bud got to be on the sports team? <laughs> this joke coming from somebody who has two sisters who are doctors um all right oh so this is the general um intro to the column hey there dc universe puddins apparently she calls people puddin harley quinn here to give you all the amazing advice you've been searching for all your dumbass lives go ahead and spill all your troubles um paul have you ever read, uh, you've read Harry Potter, right? Yeah. By that notorious turf, uh, J.K. Rowling? By notorious turf, J.K. Rowling. You know how hard it is to read some of Hagrid's lines because of how, like, oh, like accented they are? Go ahead and spill all your troubles in the comments below, and I'll get you set up real nice advice-wise in my own weekly column. Coming soon to this cute little site's news page. Ever wonder how to get that crush to notice you? Or how to get folks off your back? Or how to make the best breakfast sandwich ever. And hey, look. Yeah, I'm a psychiatrist with an MD. And it ain't my fault if you don't get my advice right, okay? You gotta take responsibility for any crap your own sorry ass is mixed up in. I'm just dishing it out. It sounds no something to me. If any sorry crap you get into the Honestly, I think that's me putting my stank on it. I'm just dishing it out. But no way I gotta clean up your messes, got it? Good. Let's get started. What do you say? Do you think this is this one of those things where they have to at any point say I'm not actually a doctor for legal reasons? <laughs> there are no qualifications for this. Dude, let's take some uh, of their advice and then sue them. That's my advice to us. No, no. At the end of every column, there is a note. The opinions expressed by Harley Quinn are published for entertainment purposes only and are not intended to be a substitute as professional advice. Please consult a qualified professional for your specific needs or concerns. Damn it. Okay, they got themselves covered. Okay. So we're just going to read off a smattering of this. They're very short, so very stylized. Uh, so we're going to just do some of the best ones from this very short-lived oh, column. Oh, what's your actual take on this column? Quality? Funny stuff? Or... Oh, I haven't read any of the answers, so I don't know. Oh, okay. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, I wanted to. I wanted my first time to be with you, Paul. All right, so this is from Alexander Knox. Doc, I love spaghetti, but I can't stand meatballs. What would Freud say? What would Olive Garden say? So this is the kind of quirky stuff that she gets asked. I love spaghetti, but I can't stand meatballs. Yeah. I think you can order your spaghetti with just bread sauce. Like, you don't need to order it with meatballs. Well, it'd be a bolognese. Or a bolognese. Well, I think this is what Harley's going to say, I assume. But I learned from Alton Brown from Good Eats 
that actually in Italy, spaghetti would be considered too non-robust enough for a red sauce. Uh, so spaghetti would actually not be commonly paired with a bolognese and meatball. Uh, it'd be used for a lighter dish. Okay, that makes sense. So that's my answer. I hope Harley uh, <laughs> agrees with me. Who doesn't love spaghetti? I think, actually, did I ever tell you that? Have I ever told you the fact that it wasn't until I was like, actually, even now, I don't really like spaghetti and meatballs as a dish. I don't really like pasta that much. I guess that's good. I mean, pasta is like one of those things I really like, but it's just an unnecessary carb. I, I don't get it. It's not that it's not that tasty. It's really? not that good. I think it's delicious. Yeah. I'd rather have a I guess it's the same thing, but I'd rather have like an Asian noodle any day over a like sp- like an Alfredo or a spaghetti. And wow, you are really letting your racism show right now. You are really letting your privilege show. Who doesn't love spaghetti? I think it's a crime against humanity if you don't. <laughs> but about the meatballs. Freud would say, pass me those meatballs, you goofy bastard. Nothing I love more than having a couple of those beauties in my mouth. I have no idea what Olive Garden would say about any of this, but they would probably bat those meatballs around the place with their endless friggin' breadsticks. My buddy Frank loves Olive Garden, has a table there in his name even, and told me to tell you, you eat your meatballs and stop your crying, you big baby. Okay, two things Two things about that answer. Too Southern? No, two things about that answer as written. Uh, I thought your delivery was wonderful, Adrian. No, thank you. Who's Frank? Not sure about that, but I don't feel bad about our jokes, even though we had really nothing to say about that question, because, oh boy, oh boy, the writers for this column also did not have anything interesting to say. You didn't like the balls in your mouth joke? You know, it it just didn't hit home for me, personally. Mm. Number two, is, is it supposed to be a sign of being some sort of, like, disconnected sociopath to like olive garden because i like olive garden like i know it's like a joke that it's not good in our culture but it's crazy to me that like it's supposed to be some sort of like tip off that somebody is a psychotic weirdo to like olive garden no i think everybody so far likes olive garden oh i thought but i thought like you were supposed to because her character is supposed to be psychotic and she's talking about liking olive garden as one of her traits like who would like olive garden other than psycho so, wait, killer harley you're doing Quinn. a uh my argument against vegetarians is that hitler was a vegetarian <laughs> no what i'm saying is i'm i think it's unfair of the writers of this column to use that as a characterization of insanity or it maybe it is fair but also making me insane because mm. i also like olive garden <laughs> i think my favorite thing about olive garden are their billboards that say next stop italy <laughs> Because <laughs> um, like I'm driving from like Rock Hill to Columbia, and I'm like, wait, did I get off the wrong exit or something like that? <laughs> uh, do Do you remember those commercials where Olive Garden would claim that they flew out all their chefs to Italy to like learn to cook in like some like special like cook school they set up in Italy for their chefs? And I just always wondered as a kid, I was like, what an awesome gig if you were just like the guy microwaving yeah. the shit in the back of Olive Garden, and they were like, for marketing wait. purposes, we gotta send all of y'all to Italy. <laughs> There's so much to break down there. So as a kid, you understood that all the meals were microwaved. Yes. (laughs) But you thought it was real that they sent their chefs to Italy. (laughs) Yes. Because they said And then also, this is is definitely not like an ad where like, you've shown me like people who make fun of Olive Garden ads on YouTube as like a thing now. This is like a thing that you remember as a kid. Yeah, this This is is, uh, GardenCast. No, um, I don't think they reviewed that commercial. This is an old commercial. Not This wouldn't have been on GardenCast. So this is actually you. Yeah. Th- this is a great story then. That's amazing. Let me make sure it was Olive Garden. Uh, like, uh, this is a half-remembered memory. Um, Because there's also the thing about how there is an actual school for in-and-out managers where, like, they actually do get sent to a place in California to learn managerial skills or whatever. Okay, here's an Eater article on it from 2011. So I wasn't a kid kid. That would have put me in 11th grade. That is not a kid kid in any way imaginable. <laughs> well, when I said kid, I meant from childhood. My bad. Uh-huh. Olive Garden actually, so from eater.com, Olive Garden actually has a Tuscan cooking school, comma, kind of. So mm. I don't know what it is. I assume they didn't actually send every one of their chefs to Italy is going to be the gist mm-hmm, of it. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, they actually did send some of their local managers to Italy, to Tuscany in 2007. Mm-hmm. Ooh, six years before. Yeah, it was more like a hotel. So maybe I, it was like when we were in seventh grade. I don't know when, that, but it was more like a hotel mm-hmm. during the off season with restaurants on site. So yeah, that was just something I guess they did and they used for marketing purposes. But it was the managers, not the chefs, I guess. I don't know. 
Yeah, because that's really what characterizes the Olive Garden is the management style of Italianness. <laughs> All right, Paul, are you ready for a less quirky question? Okay, this is from Nesca. Truly the question of the age. Hi, Dr. Quinn. I like that they're the, like one of the few people to actually give her her title. Should I dip my fries in ketchup or pour ketchup over my fries? Does it depend on the sauce? Thank you. Mm, 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 mm. Okay, this is a classic conundrum. People, you know, this is like one of those. This is a CC. Yeah, this is one of those classic uh, things you're supposed to debate when it's just like filler conversation with somebody. It's supposed to be like a charming conversation, like is a hot dog uh, sandwich or whatever that people will just like bring up like as an icebreaker type thing. Do you prefer blue cheese or ranch on your wings? Yeah, yeah, that type of thing. She was asking what she should, whether she should dip or put, whichever you prefer, obviously. What the fuck sort of question is that? Oh, really? I think there's an obvious answer. Obviously you dip yeah. because you want to get how much you, well, I, I guess it depends, right? If, if you as a consumer are choosing, you want to dip. But if you're a chef, maybe you want to control how much they get in each bite and you don't want to give them the chance to mess up your perfect bite. I don't think this is the restaurant they're going to. They're getting french fries, not pommes frites. Okay, okay. Then yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to dip. You want to dip. You don't want your fries to get soggy. Does it depend on the sauce? It should. It should because you shouldn't be just dipping them in ketchup. You should be dipping them in a fry sauce. Mix some mustard, ketchup, mayo, hot sauce, pickles. You know, really get yourself like a thousand island uh, in and out type Did you mean relish or are you putting whole pickles in your sauce mixes? Well, you know, you can chop pickles uh, okay. and put them into a sauce. Yeah. No, no, no. What, my, so my, my sauce recipe, one half cup mayo, <laughs> one half cup ketchup, one half cup mustard, a little salt, sugar, paprika, garlic powder, and then a whole pickle. <laughs> Just now, use that to stir it up and then leave it in. Now that's some um, chaotic joke or Harley Quinn energy, baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, you should always dip. Don't, don't. And that's my issue with In-N-Out um, animal style fries is that it just, it's just a top layer of stuff and then you kind of have to, like, there's no real mm. good way to mix it into everything. So, like, just get it as a dip. I'll agree with that. I don't like, I don't like fancy uh, fast food places that just give you a little thing of crinkle cut fries. It's like, first off, I know these fries cost you 30 fucking cents to make. Give me a lot of fries. Mm-hmm. What is this bullshit where you're giving me, like a thing that fits in my hand amount of fries like get out of here mm-hmm. whatever your sauces are that you're putting on top of it whether it's the cheese sauce or i i've never been to an in and out but uh, this is based off shake shack i think in and out has their animal sauce or whatever that bullshit is not good enough to make up for the tiny amount of fries you're giving me glossed over with just gooey bullshit yeah and also um it's the same issue i have with nachos where like a lot of times people just don't structure it right you know i've gotten some pretty good like carne asada fries which are pretty popular here in the west coast um which like a lot of that is just like kind of cheese and like meat that's crumbly that can like pretty easily mix in with everything but just like a layer of like kind of filmy goo at like a fast food place doesn't work adrian is it telling one good layer is it telling how much we whenever it comes to food how much we just stop to talk about that for a while (laughs) every other topic we're like scratching our heads like oh boy i go (laughs) you might want to move on when it comes to the the structure and shape of a of a fry pyramid i have very strong if it's about olive garden or french fries we're like wait 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 (laughs) hold up Uh, okay, let's see. Let's see what Harley Quinn has to say. Nesca, this is the best question ever and will help many people out. So thank you in advance. Now, pour the ketchup on top, then make a pile of ketchup on the side that you can dip the fry into for maximum coverage. As well, make sure you salt the hell out of them after so the salt sticks to the ketchup. That's good advice. That actually is good advice. I learned that from my parents as a kid is, um, if fries that we went to at a restaurant weren't salty enough is you would just put salt directly into the ketchup dip thing and then it sticks much better as well make sure you salt the hell out of them after so the salt sticks to the ketchup after that sit back and wait for the ambulance to come to start your heart again so you can get going on seconds my favorite meme from youtube cooking shows is the uh if you eat one meal you'll be put in the hospital no matter how ridiculous of that's a statement up there that with is. uh people who claim to get like horrible diarrhea after going to taco bell every time which is like what is wrong <laughs> with your digestive system that's not a cool fun fact about you that's a worrying and troubling lack that is, of that's bowel a weird control. quirky fact about you yeah um again another great reference to south park where um 
Cartman keeps calling Stan the guy with the golden colon because he's able to eat Taco Bell without <laughs> no, 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 himself. it's Chipotle. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's the beauty pageant episode. You know, this really isn't changing my mind about comic book movies or comic book fans. That this is a level of content that they're like purposefully engaging with on their like DC forum. As far as I can tell, they are foaming at the mouth to engage with this. Oh my god, dude! Yeah, they're not. Uh, they're not changing my mind about about what level of respect this uh, media deserves from me. <laughs> okay, this is from. Uh, this one's called Blue Streak. Last one from Lantern Rainer. Hey, Doctor Q. At a very young age, I made a vow to myself to never say a naughty word for the rest of my life. The problem is, I seem to have run out of exclamatory phrases. Zoinks! Just ain't cutting it anymore. Any ideas for some new phrases to replace traditional bad words? What a, what a, so this is asked by forum members, which is mind-boggling to me. Somebody saw that a DC representative was coming in, and they were like, let me lob up a softball to try to give them an opportunity to brainstorm with the rest of, like, the writing room away for the, like, I, here's my opportunity for you to just say some silly things to be funny. That's my question to you. I just really badly want you to engage with my question. So I'm going to lob a softball to, softball to the DCPR team. Paul, always so cynical. Yeah. What's your answer to the question? Do you think? Uh... Oh, easy. Mike, um, I'm actually going to steal something from the Nickelodeon show Ned's Declassified School Survival Guide. Um, learn curse words in different languages. Mm. And use those because I think. Christians have a lot of stuff like that, right? Where there are like technical loopholes that you can do to get like around where like if you say gosh darn it instead of, you know, like God darn it as like saying his name in vain. Why can't you just like say whatever the Russian word is for God damn it instead? Well, because you're not supposed to say any name for God in vain, but gosh isn't a name for God. I think it is. At, at, at what point can I say I believe in gosh and you think that I'm not talking about God? I don't know, but I know that I don't think you're talking about God if you said it now, so that's how language works. Is that how you feel? If I said I, I, I'm a firm believer in the words of Jeebus Christ? Yeah, I would think you're being silly, not being authentic in that remark. Well, that's you being a cynical bastard again, <laughs> Paul, because I'm a firm believer in the words of Jeebus Christ. <laughs> okay, so yeah, yeah, learn a foreign language. No, just the curse words. Do what kids do on like whenever they meet a Spanish person for the first time on the playground. Uh, All right. Are you ready for this answer? Yeah, so much of that is going to get caught. I don't think I said anything good. Leave this in, though, so people know. Mother effing piece of worthless hashtag unlicking degenerate sack of ballless bastard probing dollar sign itch sucking at sign hit. I'm surprised I got that in one take. Me too. This is one of my favorites, but you have to seri you have to be seriously pissed off at someone to use it. I just curse like a sailor. It's fun and a real stress reliever. Of course, it's all about the time and the place, but you get the idea. The more I think of your question, the more it feels like it's time to bury that vow you made and go back to your old ways. Nobody likes a goody two-shoes. For the hell of it, just make something up and yell it when you get mad. See if it catches on. Express yourself, otherwise you might explode. You have been warned. HQ. Wow, I, I like that they didn't have a better answer than us. <laughs> also, equally... No, yeah. Very bad. Equally uninspired well, and not funny. I kind of actually do genuinely think the advice of making up your own words for expletives is pretty good. Really? I think it's, it kind of feels corny. Like, what, what, when would you hear that and think, oh, that person isn't actually angry, they're just being silly? Oh, I think you'd probably come off as silly all the time, but Paul, how many times are you using curse words in a way where you're like trying to genuinely convey that you're mad at someone? Right now, when I'm like, this is a fucking stupid advice column. If I said this is a flippity floop advice column, yeah, that's gonna sound sillier. No, I like that better. <laughs> Actually, I genuinely like that better. Okay, okay. Maybe, maybe you're convincing me. I'll have to re-listen to this to hear my voice on tape to know which one sounds better, but I guess this is a floobery advice column. I, I think that's going to catch on. <laughs> How would you describe this advice column, Adrian? Adequate. Where are we? What are we doing? Who are we? Can we get to the third segment? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not actually mad. I just saw out of the corner of my eye how long we've been going. 
Um, yeah, so we watched the uh, gritty reboot of the for for the third segment. Me and you, we got together. We watched the gritty reboot of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, 2014. Uh, Michael Bay. Let's list this off. Michael Bay, Megan Fox, Johnny Knoxville, uh, Tony Shalhoub. Wait, who is Tony Shalhoub? He was Shredder. Oh, shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, you, this is why I need to open my notes. Give me a second so I can... Uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, honestly, awesome cast. I mean, I, it, it was kind of cool to see Megan Fox star in a movie because you would think, like, a Michael Bay-produced joint, like, she was just going to be the eye candy, but she was very much the... She wasn't as much... She wasn't as much male-gazed in this movie as she was in other Michael Bay movies, but he wasn't directing. And don't get me wrong. We were male-gazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was looking for her thumbs the entire movie. <laughs> I guess it's because he didn't direct it, but not as ogly as you would expect it to be for a movie mm-hmm. produced by Michael Bay that had uh, Megan Fox. I don't know who the director is, but I'm going to pretend it doesn't matter and uh, that it's just like... And it doesn't. It definitely wasn't uh, Kubrick. That's all I got. That's all I know. The directing style was, even if it wasn't Michael Bay, it was somebody trying to do Michael Bay. Poorly, I will add. And it's crazy to think, because Michael Bay is so shit on as a director, it's crazy to think that you can do his thing badly. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But yeah, this was certainly a movie that was trying to be Michael Bay and wasn't succeeding. Uh, mostly, honestly, it was, I don't know if Michael Bay punches up the dialogue in his movies, or if mm-hmm. he just is really good at picking writers or picking scripts at work, but the humor mostly delivered by Will Arnett in this movie was super weak, even, like, by comparison of being, like, dumb guy humor. Kind of a weak point of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. But there was strong points. There were strong points. There's some very strong points. My notes are chronological. I don't know how much that helps in terms of what we're trying to do here, but, um... Okay. It had a classic comic book opening, mm-hmm. where it, like, goes from comic book into movie. Whoopi Goldberg plays a black woman who is in charge at the news station that april o'neill aka megan fox works at and i thought she was gonna have uh i thought she was definitely gonna have a uh character arc where she came to run in 15 minutes yeah i thought she was gonna have a character arc where she realized april o'neill was right all along and she was wrong for not trusting her with journalism but nope they could not afford too much whoopee they had to get her off the billing (laughs) quickly very true Uh, the big part of paul's notes in the opening like 15 20 minutes of the movie is Man, everyone is just mansplaining stuff to Megan Fox. <laughs> Every scene is another man going like, oh, honey, yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> As a man, I don't actually think so. I think you're going to fail. It's Taryn Killam with a beard being like, oh, yeah, ninja, turtles, who are mutants, <laughs> and, and teenage. I don't think so. It's literally a person, like, the opening scene is somebody working on a dock going like, Honey, good luck with that, but meh, you're just not a good reporter. It, it's a ping pong. It's him going from, like, good luck with that story, toots, to Will Arnett being like, Hey, can we go do our exercise segment in Manhattan like we're supposed to, toots? <laughs> Everyone calls her toots implicitly <laughs> throughout the whole first 20 minutes. But my other issue is that it takes, what is it, 45 minutes to where we actually, like, see the Ninja Turtles mm-hmm. or, like... A big part of the movie is, oh, it's gritty. It's dark. Uh, the the city doesn't even know that these are the vigilantes of their city. It's not like a happy, you know, comic book where everyone knows these are the heroes and they're just a part of society and no one can come after them or their loved ones because they have no loved ones besides a rat that hangs out with them. <laughs> no, it has to be like, oh, these are the mysterious saviors of our city. And it's like, why start there? That's such an annoying place to start from. Also, we all know what we're in for on the movie. It it was weird that they took the opportunity to make this an origin story when it's like, we know the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Like, just jump into mm-hmm. it, you know? Like, I would not... They spent too much time on the origin of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which part of that origin and part of my notes is that the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles apparently learned AAVE while living in sewers. <laughs> so That's true, yeah. That, that's... that's canonically established the only book that they had was a ninjutsu book that the rat learned even though he's the same age as them but ages more rapidly than them because he's a rat but still only had the same discrete amount of time to read and work on 
but because they were infants for a longer time, he's the one who teaches them the ninjutsu that he learned as a rat in the sewer after an experiment gone wrong in New York City. There's no... It, I don't know. It makes no sense. At and all. I will give a shout out to Adrian because I remember at that part of the movie going, how the fuck did they learn? How the fuck did they learn karate? And Adrian just goes, oh, they found a copy of The Art of War. Literally the next scene is the rat picking up a book called like The Art of Ninjutsu. <laughs> that was an awesome moment. I loved I loved you like calling that like seconds before it happened <laughs> as an absurd thing that obviously didn't happen. And then it just that was like, true. I screen. called my shot on that one and just immediately got it. It's um, and, and, and I do like Master Splinter. He was dope. He was cool. I liked him. He's definitely a little too textured with the CGI. You to, did at one yeah. point you accurately mentioned the fact that he looked wet and he, he did for he whatever reason his CGI looked moist is the wrong word. I would call him soaked. He looked drenched. I think you said that, yeah, <laughs> while we were watching it. He looked, he looked drenched, drenched during some scenes, and I don't really know why the CGI but was done that way. Giving the storyline credit, one thing that I got wrong is that I said it seemed like the kind of trope where Splinter was obviously the master. And it's one of those things where, like, because he's old, you can kind of see the, like, justification of being like, oh, he can't go fight the main bad guy because he's too old. But it's like, it seems like he could still kind of kick the main bad guy's ass way more than the four turtles could. But it the first big battle of the movie is him getting a very slight loss to Splinter because Splinter, like, outmaneuvers him. Um, and so you I mentioned this that. at the beginning, but Splinter is Tony Shalhoub, which did not come off to me at all until we looked up the actors on Wikipedia. So, but shout out to Tony Shalhoub. Love Tony Shalhoub. Excited to see him in anything. This is some meta stuff about the movie. But so if, if you know the new Sonic the Hedgehog movie, you guys know about the whole backlash of this is what Sonic looked like. It got enough fan backlash that they changed it. This was kind of the OG of that where people were really not a big fan of the of the the CGI models of the Turtles. Uh, although it didn't get changed but this is like the origin of like uproar over the rebooted gritty cgi character designs for characters like this but another thing about it is that the main like technological lex luther type villain who is a uh, sax was originally supposed to be shredder but there was enough backlash about Shredder being a white American that they m changed it for the movie by adding in extra scenes. Oh. And that's why the very Japanese Tony Shalhoub was brought in <laughs> to be Shredder. No, I thought Tony uh, Shalhoub was Splinter. That's why I was so confused. I was like, that rat did not sound like Tony Shalhoub. Was he Shredder? <laughs> he was Shredder, yeah. Oh, my bad. My bad. That... No, I think we said I, we did this a lot during the movie as well is that we got Shredder and Splinter confused. But um, hold on. So he's the villain. He's the spiky villain, not the rat. Yes. I was like, that's why I was like, that didn't come across to me at all. But I guess it makes sense. Shredder didn't really have a lot of dialogue. And what was there was like pretty edited. Yeah. Tony Shalhoub plays Splinter after the twist was. Wait, you said to be Splinter again. Splinter's the rat. Oh, no, you're right. I'm wrong. <laughs> So wait, they did get an actual Japanese guy to play Shredder because of the Yeah, I was going to say that. The, the Shredder's actor looked like a Japanese guy, not Tony Shalhoub, but that would have been awesome. You're totally correct. Yes. Um, okay, so that makes way more sense. Okay, so the white bad guy was originally Shredder, and all of the movie has hints pointing to that. And then because of backlash from the trailer, they added in scenes where there's an actual Japanese man who plays Shredder as the bad guy. That makes sense. That makes way more sense. Um, and Tony Shalhoub is just the rat <laughs> splinter. <laughs> what is that saying about Arab men? What are they trying to say about Maronite Lebanese men? I don't know. That's a hot take. Making us rats. Tell you what. Um, and then, the, so earlier I was making a point about how I was surprised how respectfully they filmed Megan Fox for this type of movie. But mm -hmm. I do have a note about... Do you remember the scene when they're on the mountain, like, and the truck is driving down the mountain? Yeah, and the butt, the yeah. butt scene. There's a, so never mind, I take back what I said earlier. That was half remembered. Apparently now reviewing my notes, I've come to realize that there was a scene where literally the reason they crash their truck and get into like a big issue is because will arnett gets distracted when megan fox bends over and he sees her ass it's like like some sort of like silly like whoa, whoa, whoa 
I'm so horny moment in the movie where he can't stop looking at her ass, so he crashes the truck that he's driving down a mountain. He was very horny, as was Michelangelo, which um I did not enjoy. It did not add to the movie for Michelangelo to be like super horny over Megan Fox. Mm. That's true. That's true. Also, I mean, I know it's part of Raphael's character that he's aggro, but like, did you think it was a like, did you think he he came off like mean? Kind of. And he also he 100% had a character arc that was initiated and resolved in three lines of dialogue. (laughs) The resolution was awesome. The resolution to his character arc was, guys, I'm sorry I was mean. The resolution to his character arc was him being like, hey, Leonardo, you are the leader. I'm going to follow your directions. <laughs> it was so fucking dumb. It was so bad. People online have pointed a lot about the um the story not making any sense because what Shredder wanted was the turtles have an antidote in their blood to like a poison because there's a mutagen in them. And so his plan was to spread the poison around and be the only person who had the antidote. That way he could save the city and he could him and his crime syndicate could take over like the 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 policing of the city, which made no sense because he released it originally from a tower that was very clearly owned by him. I don't know. It was a very it was a very ill conceived plot. And even while the movie was going, Paul and I couldn't really understand. Why I honestly, the my best assumption, and maybe this was because we were kind of talking, I thought he wanted the turtles because he wanted to make more Ninja Turtles to to create an army of them. No, people pointed out that that would make way more sense. Um, and, and that was just was my too... guess. But then at the yeah. end, there was that whole thing about it being poison and they couldn't let it drop. And then I was really confused because it felt like they did let it drop and hit the floor anyway, but it was fine. And I couldn't really tell what had changed in between i just kind of went along with it all in all though you seem to love the movie adrian so i'll let you have some closing words um apparently the sandwich that will arnett makes and apparently a lot of things that he does in the movie are arrested development references oh so we commented on the fact that the sandwich that he makes doesn't make any sense but it's a um parmesan mustard sandwich which has something to do with the rest of development maybe gene parmesan i don't really know okay. um maybe from a different bit but that's the thing and I really want to know the canonical reason why Donatello has the correct prescription glasses. Maybe he just lives in the sewer. Honestly, uh, one of the most confusing parts, like canonically, was the how they were raised and how that made sense and mm-hmm. how they like learned anything. Which is why I mentioned how silly it felt that they got they all like learned AAVE in the sewers. Most of everything they learned in the sewers seemed confusing and. I mean, obviously, we're being silly and we're being overly uh, nitpicky for something that's supposed to be a stupid movie. But that's the thing, right? That's the problem with gritty reboots is it wants it wants the apologies of being a kid's movie as a way to justify not making sense. But it also wants to be taken seriously mm-hmm. as an adult movie. And that's the problem with all like comic book heroes and modern Marvel movies is that they both want the justification of, hey, we're just a Marvel, we're just a comic book movie, like, we don't have to make sense in every way, but they also want the, like, oh, Captain America 15 really tackled depression in a deep way, BuzzFeed article headlines, too, like. Hey, Michelangelo, you can't have your pizza and eat it, too. Amen. And then, yeah, that that's basically it for me. Um, what I'll say about it is, it's a fun time. It makes no sense. I'm trying to have a fun time with these things that I know from my childhood. And if there's one thing that is infallible, it's my childhood memories. Can I ask you a question? Would you have had fun watching it alone? Say you put this on your laptop in bed. and Oh, dear God. No. <laughs> no. Yeah, I, that's kind of how I feel about it. Of course, I had a fun time. I was with my good buddy, Adrian. We, were, we had some drinks. We had some jokes. The, the two J's, as I call them. <laughs> drinks Jinx pronounced jokes? J- drinks pronounced with a j drinks sure drinks and jokes i un- I understand the basic appeal of watching bad movies and this was maybe one of the worst movies i've ever seen to be yeah totally it was honest it was disturbingly poorly made it like i said at the beginning i think the only way to round it out is it's it makes you realize that when that michael bay is doing something like if you don't like what he achieved you don't like what he achieved but he at least achieved what he was aiming to achieve 
that I use the word achieve there a lot. That was weird. But he accomplished what he set out to do. This failed to accomplish what it set out to do. And that's an even more disturbing outcome. Damn. Prophetic words from Paul. About this podcast. All right. So, Paul, you want to do a big facts, no cap, and get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. Big fact. Uh, we don't need any more gritty reboots. What the world needs is more original IPs. Don't reboot anything. My no cap, I got your back. Like a turtle shell. Now introducing, from the hit movie Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Shell Shocked by Juicy J, featuring Liz Khalifa and Ty Dolla Sign. That's my fam, I'll hold them down forever. Us against the world, we can battle whoever. Together ain't no way we gon' fail. You know I got your back. Just like a turtle shell. Nobody do it better. All my brothers trying to get some cheddar. We all want to cut like the shredder.